Hello and welcome back to the Relationship Matters podcast. We believe relationship matters from humanity to nature to the larger whole. I'm your host, Katie Churchman, and across the next three episodes, I'm talking with team coach and CRR faculty member, Martin Claver about the team coach approach. In episode one, we discuss what it means to build a successful team coaching business. Across the conversation, we discuss defining what success might look like for your business and aligning your energy around those goals, acting with integrity and being a choice, reframing team coaching as a process, not a product. It's not something you sell, it's a relationship you build. And the importance of continually applying the team coach approach to your own business. Martin Claver is an experienced team coach and faculty member at CRR Global. He's enthusiastic about group dynamics and believes guiding systems in these dynamics and making patterns and potential aware is beautiful and rewarding work. Martin designs and supervises many management development processes where personal development, relationships with others and relationship with systems are fundamental. Fun, experimental and essence are themes that you can recognise in his methods. Martin has a master's degree in business administration and extensive work experience in HR and organisational development at various organisations. Based in the Netherlands, Martin facilitates with his team a diversity of organisations and leaders in their development. The purpose of his company is to bring more balance in the world. They focus to create an atmosphere of possibility in which the system can evolve into what is needed. So without further ado, I bring you Martin Claver talking about the team coach approach. Part one, defining success. Martin, welcome to the Relationship Matters podcast. I'm very excited to have you on the show for the next three episodes. Thank you and excited to be here, Katie. Yes, and today we're talking about the team coach approach. Well, that's going to be our theme for these three episodes. And specifically today, we're starting with building a successful business around team coaching. You have a very successful business, and I'm curious about your process in terms of building this and also uh, maintaining that. Yeah. So, well, the first thing that comes up with me is, is what is successful? Now, it's interesting that someone else says you have a very successful business. Why? You know, how do we know that we have a successful business? And I think that's that's really, um, for me, the, 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 the first thing to start with. So what makes a business successful for you? And, and for me, the business uh, that I have with a partner, it is successful because we find it both very important to contribute and we cannot do that alone. So that uh, our client decides if we contribute, yes or no. We can feel we contribute, but we get that responsive feedback from the client, of course. So that's, I think, one of the most important ones. Another really important thought for us is to be successful is the work has to be a right balance with our personal lives. And I think also there are parts that why we are successful, we I want to have some energy of fun front. Put energy in it, but I really want to get energy back from the work that I've done and in the business that I work with. So I think those are three main things for me, uh, if I have a successful business, yes or no. And money, I think it's on six, seven, play six, seven, mm. you know, and uh, that's not the, the, the main thing. I think it's also good to know if maybe there's a different way of uh, a lot of organizations define success. I think you, you get more responses with uh, the amount of money that they make or the amount of clients that they have or 
but whatever. And that's good too. So it's not a wrong or right, but it's good for, for people if, if they listen is, okay, where does the successful come from? Mm. It's a starting point to define why, why am I a business? What do I want to get out of it? And from there on, well, it's more how than we do it. I love that. Defining what success looks like for your team as a team coaching company, aligning around that. Because I'm sure it's very easy, particularly early on when you're setting up a business to get stuck in those traps of, oh, I haven't got enough clients or I'm not making enough money, but maybe actually you're satisfying your version of success. You're just not seeing that. And so you're really practicing, I guess, what you preach in terms of the team coaching approach then that you take to your clients as well. Yeah, I think that's also the energy that they feel. So if, if the client comes to us and, and in the conversation, in the first conversations that we are having, and we feel that we don't contribute to something, we don't accept the assignment. Mm-hmm. So we, we just, maybe someone else is good for you, not us. Uh, so it really helps us for us to get the clients that we want to work with and be successful in it. If we feel that, okay, this is like process, oh, that we don't get any energy of it. Hmm, maybe we shouldn't take it on. Those kinds of questions is really helpful. And, and, and now it's easy. Well, I have to also to say now it's easy, more easy because uh, I have my business for like almost 10 years now. It's also a growing process. If I'm honest, it's not the way that we started immediately. Hmm. Uh, I wish we did. Then we wouldn't have a lot of clients or assignments. It took a lot of energy or, you know, maybe it paid well, but oh, no, it wasn't great, you know, or I think that's a learning point for now. And uh, and I think for a couple of years, we are working in this way and oh, that really feels good. And I think also because it feels good, that has to say that has the, um, the effect on the client. They feel it too. They feel like, okay, hmm. These guys or whatever who's, who's sitting in front of them, they know what they're doing. They it feels right, you know. It's like the it's like the creating that emo- emotional feel together and and spreading that uh, emotional feel to the client, and that helps for um, to get clients and to get assignments. There's a strong sense of integrity, and I wonder if the work comes easier when you're trusting in that that sense of who you are as a as a company. Um, has that been the case for you? Yes, I think we've never been we've never been worried about the amount of clients. I think we've always been in a position that we have more questions about clients than we could say yes to. Mm. And and there is like a, a little bit of a fluctuation in it, of course, but we've never been out of clients or really worried about. Well, well, we worry about it, but if we look back, we never had to worry about. The the point you made before about how we're at choice as well when it's our business particularly when we're starting up we can choose as well who we engage with and if that's going against perhaps our our company values we can turn it down we don't have to say yes to everything yeah i so often come back to the power of a positive no because it is hard early on to say no to things exactly early on of course and and i've said we've said yes to some clients for now we would say no to Mm. and i think that's also good it's not not a good bad thing it's also the learning process when you start off a business. Um, now I have very clear when we are successful as a business. Well, we weren't so clear when we started off. So that's also the learning process when you start off a new business. It's like that high dream that in Orsk we, we, we talk about. We have like a high dream. And when you start off, you have like, it's not so clear what that high dream is. So by learning, by doing, having clients that don't work with you very well or you're not so successful or what, that's also information about what that high dream is or isn't. So you didn't have it completely worked out 10 years ago. (laughs) No, 
No. Okay, that's very reassuring um, for me, and I'm sure many of our listeners who are still trying to work out, you know, what's their niche within this coaching market. Um, even within team coaching, there's real breadth. Yeah, and it shifts a little bit. Mm. So, for example, I think hmm, for now, I think 80% of what we're doing is team facilitation. Um, yeah, so really the ORS work in that way. And that wasn't the percentage that we started off with. I think it was like 50% that we did some training, individual coaching with it. But then we found out that, well, what we feel that we can contribute with or that we are happy to do, we get energy off, was the team coaching part. Mm. So then, uh, and we knew if we get a nice training question and we could give the training with good money, great. But if we said yes, we would, that wouldn't will be, we can only spend the time on one thing. But by saying yes to that, you don't all not create the space for the team coaching that we really wanted to build. So by learning and doing that, we created more the time and space also for that high dream to really become visible and become reality. Yeah, I love the the space for team coaching because I think it's still very misunderstood. And so often I get requests for team coaching and really what they're asking for is, is training. training. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so how do you go about, because I know you have a marketing background as well. So I wonder sort of how you hold the team coaching approach from your company and honour that so that people don't end up thinking they're getting one thing and then they sign up for something else. Yeah, I think it's a, the intake is, is important. And when you first meet the client, what are what is the questions? What are what are they willing? What are they looking for? Uh, but we also have uh, after I think two three years, we said uh, a couple of things that uh, the way we work. So uh, and one that really points to this one is that we feel that we are responsible for the process, but you are from the content. So we don't decide anything that you you should do. We don't tell you. We guide you. And I feel that is a strong difference between training and team coaching. Training is more like we have content and we want to deliver you the content, mm. whatever the content is, you know. And yes, it's still a team process if you do a training with a team, but you still as trainers, facilitators decide what the content is. For me, team facilitation is not, no, the, all the content is, belongs to the team, not to us. We don't make any decisions around that. We can maybe do some suggestions or, uh, you know, something like that, but it's from, for the team. We all, I also notice when, whenever, for example, my, my background is a little bit of no, marketing, but also HR. Okay. And when we work with teams of HR, sometimes I get triggered about the content. I think I know, <laughs> you know, I, I, I know this stuff <laughs> and, and yes, I step into the trap and talk with them, you know, with the content. And I always feel when I do it that it's, I take a little bit of their responsibility and ownership away from them because it, my ownership comes in of the content and what they should do. But I will be leaving again, you know, so no, it's really of them. So that is for me a learning point, <laughs> not mm. to step into that one. But that is for me a very uh, important distinction between training or team facilitation. Trusting the team wisdom, do you feel that's what makes team coaching so important in this day and age and why perhaps you focus on that as opposed to team training as a company? Yeah, it's, it, for me, it has to do with responsibility. Take ownership of what you want that, what you want to, happen, want to be happening. I don't know, that's the right words now. But it's, 
is taking responsibility for what you want. I think training is very good if you really want to practice, uh, you know, learn a new muscle. Not not so much team coaching. And there is also a gray area in it because, you know, we, we speak a lot of training some muscles as team facilitation at the, the relation system intelligence. So there is some training aspects in it, of course. But the main thing is ownership of the team, from my perspective. And and uh, so it's aware where you have training, there's a lot of, okay, how to, how to, how to. And of course, there is teams processes going on. And with team facilitation, it's more like this is, I'm facilitating a team process. And of course, there's also a little bit training. There's always a little bit of training, some skills or whatever. But the purpose of it or the place you come back to is always... And what's the team going to do with this now? And most of the time, when, when you do that, it is it really brings up the, the, the issue in the team. Uh, for example, how do we take responsibility for what we want? No, you cannot look at me because I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I can help you facilitate this process that you're going through. But I will not tell you. You know, as a trainer or a consultant, yes, you have a voice, uh, of course. But uh, for me, not as a team facilitator. At least my definition of it. Yeah, and this is where it gets tricky, though, because I think for those of us who've been through team coaching training and experienced team coaching, we get it. But it's hard to explain to someone who hasn't been through the process. So how do you go about introducing this to to new clients, starting that understanding of it? If we are able to, we're not starting off with introducing this. We're starting off with what's, what, is, uh, what is going on with the team. This morning, I had a conversation. We're going to just try to facilitate the team process. It's been introduced by the, the director. And now we, uh, we talked to the leader of the team. Uh, she was, uh, well, she had a lot of questions. And what we did, we didn't answer those questions because then it's like, okay, now we're going to answer everything that goes. We have to answer something that, that you made up in your mind about it. You know, so we just asked some questions first about the team and if you would have a session, what do you want to get out of it? And so what can we contribute? Stuff like that. And after that, then we use that information to give the answers that also the assumptions that was going on in, in, in this case, her, her mind. So, and, and for me, it's the difference between trying to sell it and just trying to uh, maybe tell it how it works or, you know, making it a little bit more visible, a real. You said um, offline just before we started recording that you don't believe team coaching is so much a product, which I thought was really interesting because that in terms of sales makes it quite hard to sell. And so to your point, maybe we don't try and sell it as a product at all, but rather as a process, would you say? Yeah, I think you're more selling like a process than than a product. Yeah, for me, that's that's, that's more more the case. Yeah, and I'm curious about the way you have a team and uh, a business partner, and are you doing this work quite a lot amongst yourselves? So you know, in terms of the team coaching approach, you're out there in the world working with other teams, but do you try and bring a lot of what you're teaching into your team too? Uh, yeah, we try to apply everything on our own team. Okay. And that's interesting because sometimes we also feel the difficulty of it. <laughs> you know, because yeah, it's, I think it, it works really well, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't take an effort. 
Uh, that must be humbling. And yeah, and, and it is sometimes difficult. It is easier just to to say how things should be done. You know, it, in my mind is faster. But I know if I do that, then no, it won't help the process of my company. So, okay, wait, Martin. Okay, I have a voice. I need to listen to all the other voices also, you know, and I don't have to do everything with the, you know, um, after that, you decide with each other what to do. And yeah, sometimes me or my business partner, uh, we decide. And that's also okay from the role that we're having in the company. Yeah, just really trying to apply everything. So I think also in in um, the, the, I think the tool that we use the most is the DTA from Orsk, the Design Team Alliance. And we use it with our clients always, uh, but we use it also always on ourselves. Yeah, the struggle for me is sometimes it takes time. It feels that it takes time, but you because you really want to go to the content and let's go on. Afterwards is always the best way. And and, and I sometimes also need to be reminded of that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what's... Depending on the role that I'm having. It's easier when I'm facilitating a team to, to remind me of that than I'm in the role in my own company oh, yeah, as an owner, a co-owner. Yeah. yeah. I don't think this work ever sort of becomes default or autopilot. It's something no. we need to constantly practice and yes. remind ourselves of. Yes. And if I'm honest, I'm, that's also the irritating part of this work for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you, you, you have caught but that's relationship, you know, and we know and we being taught about that. It, it constantly needs attention. But it has sometimes, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think also this is a way of, of yeah, I love that your, your question goes in that this direction because for me, it also is, I think also this is one of the, the way that I feel that we are in our terms successful with my company. That we really apply everything on ourselves. We try to at least, you know, and, and not everything goes well or is great or is successful in a way. But that's okay, you know. That is that is fine. Uh, but I f- really truly feel that that has an impact on clients, and I think that's also why a lot of clients uh, really want to work with us. We, we we do what we're saying, and and you know, it's it, it's in line with everything. Mm. At least I hope so. Well, that's the reaction I get from clients. That's that it's easy. It's not as difficult to say about your own company. I feel, but that's what we're getting from clients. Well, I'm sensing a, a system in a constant state of emergence, right? It's not something we get right. We, we practice what we preach, but it's something we get it right or arrive and then we don't have to keep trying. And I sense there's sort of energetically you're aligned as a company. Because of the DTA, that makes us energetically aligned. Okay. So one final question around this, and this has gone in quite a different direction from what I was expecting, which is what I love about these podcasts. In terms of someone trying to set up a team coaching business, what would be your number one piece of advice for them right now? Number one piece of advice? (laughs) I think first focus on self. So it's about exploring the different aspects in self around how do I feel about team coaching? You know, where's my strength? Where's a little bit where I feel my weaknesses? Or hmm, what are, what is the area I'm becoming enthusiastic of? Or nope, there's a little, there's a little bit more my fear. You know, be very curious about all those things, I would say. It's, it's, it's the same thing about uh, uh, what what we are teaching in Orsk in, in relationship. Fo- hey, the first focus is on self. 
And the more you are aware of self and all the aspects of it, the more you are able to step into right relationship with someone else or not, you know, or, or decide not to step into the relationship because, you know, some aspect maybe you don't want that or whatever. So I think that's really important. And and, all, and also just to acknowledge that this is, that is a process when you start. But uh, really take time on, well, spending time on that part when you start. And that's okay. And you probably don't get it right. And you know, yeah. I think I'm coming away with the fact that this is a, it's a relationship. It's a two-way street with the client. And it's not just about, hopefully the client picks me. It's very much about, am I going to choose? Are they aligned with me too? And that helps me to see that relationship dance a lot more than perhaps so often we're quite the one-way street approach to business. Yeah. And for me, it's about, it's not a product, you know, and, and if, if the clients in the content, their response to the content and you're the process, that's working together. You need each other. Yeah. So, well, it's it's not like, okay, I'm selling you, here you go and bye-bye. No, it's you, you're stepping into a process with each other. So it's not selling a product at all. It's actually building a relationship yes. in itself and doing the work in that way. Yeah. Thank you so much, Martin, for this first of three fascinating conversations. I look forward to continuing on with you next time. Yeah, thank you. Me too. A huge thanks to Martin for that really useful conversation. Here are my key takeaways. As a business, it can be hugely helpful to spend time defining what success looks like for you. This can help you to get clear on your goals so that you stay aligned with your business values and lead with more intentionality. It's important to define the difference between team training and team coaching. The key difference is taking responsibility for what you want. Training is great for learning how to work a new muscle, but the agenda is designed by someone on the outside. Whereas in team coaching, the team owns the content. They decide on the agenda and take responsibility for what they want. As team coaches, it is important to apply the tools to ourselves. However, practicing what we preach can be a humbling process. Whilst it can be easier for one person to say how things should be done, it's not necessarily harnessing the power of the team's intelligence. Going slow up front, for example, through designing a team alliance, may feel time consuming in the short term, but helps us to work so much more effectively in the long run. And finally, we never arrive with our relationships. They require constant attention. Thank you for listening to the Relationship Matters podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your colleagues and friends so that we can continue to spread these ideas across the globe. And if you haven't already, do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode. And for more information on the ORS courses, please visit crrglobal.com. For over 20 years, CRR Global has accompanied leaders, teams and practitioners on their journey to stronger relationships by focusing on the relationship itself, not only the individuals occupying it. This leads to a community of changemakers around the world. Supported by a global network of faculty and partners, we connect, inspire and equip change agents to shift systems one relationship at a time. We believe relationship matters, from humanity to nature to the larger whole.